the community line local politicians discussing events and issues in our communities on my town live with rod hawker Okay, welcome back to 100.9 The Line. We're serving our community with information and news from both sides of the Mason-Dixon line. And I'm Rod Hawker, and I am pumped up because I got my good friend Mike Ross. He's the executive director of the Franklin County Area Development Corporation on the line. And Mike will keep me, uh, keep me grounded here a little bit. i got a great conversation coming at you right now. Good morning, Mike. Rod, it's always a pleasure, and thanks for having me. Oh, you're certainly welcome, sir. So let's just get right into the weeds. I was just talking mm-hmm. uh, earlier segment here about the unemployment rate in Franklin County, mm-hmm. and I quoted you as uh, about the cause for optimism and so forth. So uh, let's just talk about that a little bit. I know we've got a, I've got a plethora of things I can talk to you about because you're you've got so much knowledge. I just love having you on. But let's let's lean into the unemployment rate first. Yeah, I think that well, the unemployment rate, Rod, as you mentioned. Uh, has spiked in Franklin County from, uh, you know, about 3.4% back in February to, to now we're right around 13.3%, which is clearly, I mean, we're, we're it's a 10% jump. However, it, it, you know, and while that is significant, it's not as, it's not as bad as we thought it was going to be. And within the eight regions of South Central Pennsylvania, it's actually the lowest rate uh, in, in, in the area. So in, in, in Pennsylvania, I saw where Washington County is about 12.1, which is great. So I think what, the, what that uh, reflects in my mind is that we have a diversified economy here in the Quad State region. And, and with, with that uh, diversification, we're better able to weather the, uh, the, the spikes and, and valleys uh, of economic cycles. So while the hospitality sector has clearly been affected more than any other. Uh, I think we've offset that with some of our manufacturing, uh, some of our logistics and transportation, uh, our defense uh, industry with the letter Kenny and so on, our healthcare sector. So I think we've been able to offset what was expected to be a 20 plus percent unemployment rate. Mm-hmm. Well, that's very astute observations, Mike, and spot on as usual. And one of the uh, one of the things uh, I find interesting is this is in spite of, in spite of all the negativity and the press and everything trying to throw cold water onto any kind of economical growth, as was evident in the big article in the public opinion there your first op-ed you wrote about who is 24 7 uh when they showed the picture uh, it was a picture of the square in chambersburg from april the 8th and they show this in may and and of course there's nobody there and the pandemic rages through uh, chambersburg well the pandemic had even started and there was like 10 cases at that point such piss poor advertising and mark it just is, is it's insanity it just gets under my skin and you so smartly put out a an op-ed local economy hit by pandemic and, and your first line just made me laugh the font size was reminiscent of a world war ii headline that we had just won the war <laughs> no and, and that that it, it really angered me because I, I think you know. I we 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 we've been affected by the pandemic. As everyone has been affected by the pandemic for uh, uh, for a what, what I assume to be what they would build themselves as some kind of think tank uh, that we've never heard of to, to come out with some kind of prediction post pandemic 
on what's who are going to be the, the those that are going to struggle the most in recovery. That that, that was um, it was it was unfair for them to do that. They did it without contacting anybody locally. The paper did not follow up by contacting anybody locally who could who could have addressed the situation. And and as we've just seen with the unemployment numbers, we are we are faring better than our neighbors to the north. We're faring the same as our neighbors to the south. And you know and and we our economy is going to um, it is going to rebound. One of the things, Rod, and it's important for everybody to remember. COVID did not change our location. We are still strategically located on the 81 corridor. We're still within a 12-hour drive of 50% of the North American population. So that includes parts of Canada. Uh, and we are, we are, we, we remain a consumer economy and we are well positioned to grow and we do have diversification. We have manufacturing. We have healthcare. We have defense. We have transportation logistics we have agriculture uh in addition to a growing professional services and i think one of the things we're going to see to to help spur that economic growth the the covid is going to i think at least in the short term cause uh migration out of our urban areas and with our proximity to washington and baltimore i think we are an ideal uh we're an ideal position for residential housing development which will then spur additional economic growth because I think there's going to be a lot of folks who want the proximity to the metro areas but don't want to live in the metro areas. Um, and I think we are, again, we our location has not changed at all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think we're going to be able to capitalize on where we are. Well, what an astute point, Mike, and especially now, first it was COVID, now with the riots driving people out of these big cities, you're exactly spot on. We're positioned for a a, uh, real estate boom here, and I know know some contractors, and they're just licking their chops saying, man, we got to get up and going because they're getting a lot of calls for, I mean, housing, we were at a... We're at a shortfall now. There's just not enough housing. Right. And uh, right. so we we are, as you astutely put out, so we're going to move away from the anger about that local, I, I don't even really call it a, a newspaper anymore. It's such a, uh, the USA Today owns the public opinion. And it's just a, a joke. I don't even know why any, how anybody would purchase such a thing because uh, they don't have any information of consequence for our local area. And uh, what they do have is way off base. As you indicated, they don't even contact the economic developer in the area to find out about their stupid article that they put, which was all hubble bubble and nonsense. So uh, thank you for squaring that away, Mike. Mm-hmm. Well, now, I'm happy to do so. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> and me too, as you can tell. <laughs> I'll badmouth them any chance I can get. Well, yeah. well Mike, uh, next I want to get into, uh, you wrote an op-ed here uh, about mm-hmm. don't waste a good crisis, invest in the future. Well, Mike, I'll tell you what, I'm sorry, I just realized I enjoy talking to you so much. It's 842 in the morning. I'm going to have to bounce out for a quick word from my sponsor. But when we come back, we're going to talk about that. Don't waste a good crisis. Invest in the future. This is 100.9 The Line. The Community Line. Local politicians discussing events and issues in our communities. On My Town, live with Rod Hawker. All right, welcome back. I've got Mike Ross, Executive Director of the Franklin County Area Development Corporation. And you can always find our interviews on thelinenews.com slash podcast because you'll definitely want to listen to this several times because Mike Ross always has a plethora of information and we're leaning right into it today. Thanks again for being with me, Mike. 
Thanks again. So, Thanks for having me, Rod. It's always a pleasure. Um, we go back a long way, so I, I always enjoy talking with you. Oh, great. And, yeah, yeah, you and I together, I think we can talk all day. Hey, hey yeah. uh, don't waste a good crisis. Invest mm-hmm. the, in the future. Tell me about the, the crux of that op-ed. Well, the, the, the crux of it is um, what COVID did, it, it has, has shut down our economy, but we are going to bounce back as a nation. And, and, uh, and clearly we're going to bounce back uh, here in Franklin County and in the Quad State region. Uh, and, but and, but what, what, what we're going to see as a result of COVID, and there's lots of discussion going on now about reshoring uh, critical and essential manufacturing back in the United States, especially pharmaceuticals, medical devices, but you're going to see a lot of other manufacturing and and service businesses moving back to the United States over the next decade. Uh, The the Hong Kong crisis is is significant because China has reneged on the agreement they had in in the um, transfer of power with, with Hong Kong and it's a country that can't be trusted, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of uh, those who have invested are finding that out. So we're going to see that reshoring. The challenge we have here in America is we don't have the infrastructure to accommodate that, that investment. And, and, and when we talk about infrastructure, uh, uh, the conversation here for the last two decades has been the need to widen Interstate 81. Mm-hmm. So, and, and clearly that, that, that has to be part of the conversation the rebuilding and, and expansion of, of our highway system. But in addition to that, Rod, we need to invest in broadband. What COVID has exposed is when you try to go to online education, how many of our of our families do not have access to high-speed Internet mm-hmm. um, or don't have access at all? And, and so we need, to, we need to invest in broadband. We need to uh, upgrade our electric power grids across the country. We need to look at water and sewer lines. So as we're going, so what we need to do is, and those are investments that are going to create jobs in building that infrastructure, but more importantly, it's preparing for the jobs that are going to be here in the future, and we need to do that. And, And the added benefit to Franklin County specifically is we have three of the major companies in the, in the world who build the equipment that builds the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So you have Manitowoc Crane Group, you have JLG Industries, you have Volvo Construction Equipment. Those are companies that build that. And so we would see uh, not only the, the, the expansion, ideally, of Interstate 81, but we would see job growth uh, uh, within those companies and within their supply chains um, as we move forward. And this is the time, in, in my opinion, that, that a bipartisan infrastructure bill could and should be passed by Congress. That there, there, in my opinion, there, right now, there's nothing more important. And historically, Rod, when we have these conversations about Interstate 81, it's all, yeah, we understand the problem, but we, you know, we, we don't still know where we're going to get the money. Well, mm-hmm. in the last 10 weeks, Congress has figured out how to, how to produce trillions of dollars instantly. Mm-hmm. And, and if we're going to do that, let's invest so we can recover the cost of that investment and, and, and generate the tax base that's going to help us pay for what we've just borrowed. 
Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and and uh, you mentioned that three trillion dollar infrastructure bill would need passed, and we've been talking about eighty one since the early two thousands, and uh, nothing right. has happened. And you're exactly correct. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, they can come up with trillions of dollars for for the uh, COVID relief. Uh, so let's do the infrastructure bill, which we need. Um, Mike, what do you see happening? Let's just. Uh, in this infrastructure vein of thought process right now, all these riots and destruction of these inner cities, governors not governing properly. I mean, there's got to be a concern about the infrastructure in the big cities. And then we've got the infrastructure out here like we were talking about in our area, what we need. Um, I mean, this has got to maybe put a dampener on some of this infrastructure, don't you think? Well, that's a real concern, Rod, and, and you bring up a great point, because what has just happened across the country, uh, when, these, when, when, when the protests subside and the rioting subside, and we look at what's happened, there's going to be uh, an immediate call to say we have to rebuild those cities, and that's going to divert a lot of dollars that were, were not anticipated uh, that to go into doing that that could have been used and should should have been used for purposes that, that impact everybody. Um, and, and, and this is, to me, it's a, you know, it's not dissimilar to a series of natural disasters that occur where you, when it happens, the aftermath, you have to rebuild mm-hmm. immediately and we divert resources and we're going to be doing the same thing Across our major metro areas, um, but and, and that and, and again, that's probably going to to affect Congress's appetite for a broader, more comprehensive infrastructure bill. Um, but and I don't think we have given much thought at all to the costs that are going to be required to rebuild our cities. Well, it's going to be it's going to be. Uh, It it may be equal to COVID. Yeah, you're exactly correct, Mike. And I think, uh, this is just me talking, that these governors have to be responsible. They shouldn't look, look to the federal government for all these monies because a lot of these governors are coming out and supporting these riots, supporting the destruction of property, supporting the rioters. I mean, literally kneeling down. They're supporting the whole thing. So, okay, who's going to rebuild this stuff? You, me, the guy across the street, uh, the taxpaying base, and when the governors come out with such crazy stuff, just like the Commander Wolf keeping uh, Pennsylvania shut down here, our Franklin County restaurateurs are dying on the vine. These guys are making terrible decisions, and it just tells you that elections are important. You have to get out and vote, whether it be for a governor or even on a local branch. When our local branch, our local representatives, our Dave Kellers, our uh, Alice Alia, our, our town council, they come out and railroad against our local restaurateurs in our community, the people they go eat at, how they can r- r- railroad against them and support the governor to keep them shut down after three months. It's beyond me. It's unconscionable. Unconscionable. I'm done. Sorry. I think you're pretty passionate there, Rod. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mike. Well, I, I, <laughs> you know I am. We've known each other a long time, and I apologize for getting on that uh, off that uh, down that road. All right, buddy. Well, listen. Uh, I've got a rod, Mike. 
It's uh, 8.52 Rob, in the morning. thank you, as always, for having me. All right, Mike, thank you. Okay. God, God bless All you, right. brother. Okay, thank you. Uh, All right, this is 100.9, The Line.